I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about a new weapon in the war against toxic shock syndrome, how scientists used AI to understand how humans evolved to walk upright, and a new discovery that changes what we know about saber-toothed cats. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. Researchers have pitted two different bacteria against each other in an epic Facto battle in an effort to treat something that has been causing people trouble for centuries, toxic shock syndrome. Oof, toxic shock syndrome is kind of an epic battle all on its own. Absolutely. So let's talk about that first. Toxic shock syndrome is a fairly rare but potentially life-threatening condition that happens because of specific bacterial infections. Generally, what happens is a bacteria called Staphylococcus aureus. Staph. Yeah, that's the one. It finds its way into the vagina or the gastrointestinal tract, where it then throws this awful little infection party. The body's response to this can be pretty extreme. Sudden high fevers, low blood pressure, vomiting, diarrhea, rashes, confusion, weakness, and fatigue. Mm, I get the picture. It's not great. To say the least. So does this only happen to women, or are men also invited to this uh, terrible, horrible party? (laughs) It's most common in women, but males can also be affected. And the thing is, once it happens, it just sweeps through like wildfire. It can lead to hospitalization, IVs, antibiotics, a really wide range of fairly extreme treatments. It's not pretty, which is why researchers have been so keen to find new ways to stop it in its tracks. Okay, so tell me about this epic Bacto battle. Are they somehow treating it with more bacteria? That seems counterintuitive. So not just bacteria, with probiotic lactobacilli. Probiotics like the stuff in yogurt? Exactly. Some people call it the good bacteria or gut bacteria. It's in yogurt, but it's also in us. These little guys have a mutualistic relationship with us. It's been found that they actually protect us against some pathogens and help us stay healthy. So the researchers wanted to know what would happen if they pitted some very specific probiotics against the dreaded staph bacteria. A cage match for the ages. (laughs) I mean, it was a battle, all right. They used a combination of two different probiotics and found that one of them crushed the staph bacteria while the other one let it live but stopped it from producing its toxin called TSST1. So it's like a one-two punch. Yeah, I mean, that's the technical term for it anyway. (laughs) Scientists think that the one that killed it, called acidophilus, used bleach-like peroxide and acid to burn the staph. And the other one, called remnosis, just made the environment too acidic for the staph to produce its toxin. So that's great news, right? Potentially, but I think you know what I'm going to say next, right? Mm, Is some more research needed? (laughs) You nailed it. But this Bacto battle gives researchers a lot of hope that these probiotics could lead to new effective tools that could stop toxic shock syndrome from happening in the first place. Whatever it takes to knock TSS down for the count. Have you ever wondered why we walk? Uh, Usually it's just when I can't get an Uber. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, no. I mean, why and how did humans evolve to walk upright? Well, I assume they couldn't get an Uber either, but um, <laughs> I have thought about it, especially because it's one of those things that like makes us pretty unique in the world of animals. It really is. It's kind of like this superpower that sets us apart from our primate ancestors who walked using their knuckles for balance and to pull them along. And think about this for a second. Because we didn't have to use our knuckles to get around, our hands were suddenly free to do other things like build and use tools. I guess I never thought of it that way. It's thought that the act of walking upright, something most of us take for granted, actually let us thrive in a whole bunch of different environments. Plus, our brains really soaked up tool making. They think that once we started using tools, our brains evolved to be able to figure out how to make more and more complex tools. It's a spiral that led to basically us. So you're saying that if we didn't evolve to walk upright, there would be no curiosity daily? <laughs> I mean, I can't say for sure, but that's the idea. So researchers at the Columbia University Irving Medical Center decided to take a deeper look at modern skeletons and compare them to modern genomes to see if they could get genetic clues as to why we evolved to be upright. If I had to guess, especially after hearing about all those benefits you just mentioned, I'd say that the genetic changes were pretty beneficial. So, yes, they definitely found that genetic changes in our fossil record that are associated with our change to upright walking were heavily selected for. In other words, any change that made us a little bit more upright seemed to be a hit with our ancestors and gave us pretty big evolutionary advantages. But that's kind of the tip of the iceberg with the story. They find something by accident? <laughs> sort of. So they use deep learning to analyze over 30,000 full-body x-rays. The deep learning AI was able to go through all those x-rays, take precise measurements, and check out key features in a very short time. It would have taken the researchers months, if not years, to do all that work. And they were able to compare all that data with the genomic scans. I'm having trouble getting my head around all that data. It was quick work for the machines. And from that analysis, they were able to find 145 sections of the human genome that are associated with the development of our skeletons. So it gave them a glimpse at the genetic codes behind how our bones grow? Basically, that's exactly it. But it gets better. These associations help them understand why some people get arthritis or other conditions that affect our skeletal system. For example, slight hip width differences affected hip arthritis chances later in life. The exciting thing about this is that these clues could inspire new strategies to prevent or treat joint pain. Wow. So they wanted to know why we evolved to walk upright? And they may have stumbled onto, like, a treatment for arthritis? Okay, so not quite a treatment, but clues that could lead to a treatment. The real story here is that by using deep learning to analyze huge amounts of data and the corresponding genomics, we can find genetic links to all kinds of conditions. In fact, one of the researchers on this project is now applying these techniques to the study of mental illness. Okay, well, sometimes I, like, start to get kind of nervous about AI and where it's headed— but then, like, we get a story like this and, you know, doesn't all sound terrible. Like, could get some good use out of it. I know. And in some cases, AI and deep learning is a tool that's really going to end up helping us out. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Well, since we're talking about walking upright, researchers have found remains in Africa that are over 5 million years old that could give them some clues about the climate change that may have led us to standing tall and walking. Wow. Okay, so 5 million years ago? Who were these people? Well, here's the thing. They were not people. They were saber-toothed cats. Okay, wait a second. How on earth do the remains of five million-year-old saber-toothed cats tell us how we started walking upright? So the bones they unearthed were of two new species of extinct saber-toothed cats near South Africa. These kitties had crazy long canine teeth that stuck out of their mouths like curvy daggers. The new finds, and I'm going to try and pronounce this, but I'm going to get it completely wrong, which is fine because I don't think anyone else listening is going to know the correct way to pronounce it. So here goes. Uh, they were the Dinophilus weirdalini, which almost sounds like a pasta, and <laughs> Locutungilurus kimsamye. Yeah. Wow. Say that five times fast. Clearly, I can't even say it one times fast. <laughs> anyway, they were found alongside the bones of two other already known species. And they were all part of the same subfamily that included most species of saber-toothed cats. And they were all found together? I mean, that must have been some kind of party. Right. And that's where the mystery comes in. Researchers were shocked to find L. Kim Samye since its relatives had only been found in Kenya and Chad before. This suggests saber tooths may have been more widespread than we realized. And here's the thing. Some of these cats were big and fast, which makes them perfect predators on the flat grasslands of Africa. But others were small and agile, so they would have better luck in the forests that once covered the continent. But they were all found together. Why would cats that like the grasslands be hanging out with cats that like the trees? That's exactly the question these researchers had. It turns out that Africa was once covered in forests, but changes in the Earth's climate slowly turned it into a giant grassland. So maybe these cats were around when that change was happening? It's definitely possible that these cats were beginning to adapt to a variety of habitats because, well, the world around them was changing. And it was also around this time that our human ancestors started appearing. If all of these things line up, it could be evidence that climate change and the changing landscape played at least some role in hominids' adaptation to walking upright. Huh. From new species of saber-toothed cats to climate change to walking upright in humans. That is a crazy connection. Yeah, well now it is important to note that all of this is just conjecture. Some scientists put the grasslands appearing in Africa up to 21 million years ago. So this is still just a theory. But the saber-toothed's overlapping stomping grounds could paint a picture of how ecosystems evolved long ago. Either way, ancient Africa was home to an awesome array of sabery felines definitely wouldn't want to run into those fangs. <laughs> Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. Researchers found a combination of probiotics that stopped the Staphylococcus bacteria from producing toxins that cause toxic shock syndrome, a finding that could lead to treatments that prevent this life-threatening condition from happening in the first place. Researchers have used deep learning AI and genomic data to show that humans rapidly evolved to walk upright, a change that led to complex use and creation of tools and had huge evolutionary benefits. The findings also show genetic connections between skeleton development and conditions like arthritis, a finding that could lead to better treatments. Scientists recently unearthed the 5 million-year-old remains of four species of saber-toothed cats near South Africa, two of which have never been seen before. The diversity of the cats demonstrate that saber-toothed cats were much more widespread than scientists believed and could shed new light on the changing climate of the era in which they roamed. 
Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. 